Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 127, John and Wendy Talk to Rachel Couples. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you, John? Wendy, I am really, really well tonight. <laughs> this is the last episode of the month, and this episode is also, again, being sponsored by Talent Magnet Institute. Yes. So thanks to Mike Sippel and the TMI folks for sponsoring us throughout this month. We'll have uh, an episode, I guess, by the time this show comes out, his show will have come out. So if right. you haven't checked out that episode, definitely do that. Mm-hmm. Wendy, it's been a, a great partnership with Mike and, and looking forward to talking more about some things he's got going on. Mm-hmm. Lots going on there. It's wonderful. You've got some new stuff going on. It's the end of the month. We're going into August. So you're starting something kind of new. I was hoping you'd talk a little bit about yeah. what you're doing with your a blog. Is it a series? A, like, what are, you, what are you calling it? Well, I, I'm, I think I'm going to call it a series. And uh, I was listening to... Um, uh, I, I was listening to the um, HR Famous podcast, and uh, one of the hosts, I don't remember which one, made a comment to their guest that their guest needed to start the top 10 things HR professionals should read that week. And I was like, that's a really good idea, but I'm going to cut it down. I'm going to do the top five things that HR pros should be reading or listening to. Um, and so I, I just kind of like, you know what, there's, there's a lot out there. Um, I don't know it all. I don't want to claim to. So I've started putting an ask out and, uh, to anyone who has an idea of something that they want, they think other HR pros should be reading or listening to, um, definitely share that with me and we'll, we'll get it on the blog. I'm planning to do it on Fridays so that you can go into the weekend with things to read, things to listen to. But I am going to say that if you tell me, if you give me a podcast, I'd really like to know an episode. What episode should we listen to? Because, you know, if someone says to just listen to the HR Social Hour, that's great. But is there a particular pod, a particular episode that speaks to you that people really need to listen to? Um, is there a, a particular um, article that someone wrote rather than just say, hey, read everything, you know, yes, you should read everything that Minda Hearts writes, but is there one thing that you want to highlight, one thing that we should put out there and uh, maybe include why? Don't make me do all the work. I'm just curating here. I just want to put things together and and put it out there on a regular basis. Um, It also gives me a goal each week to share. And one of the things I'd wanted to do this year was um, write more. So this will kind of get, give me that little kick (laughs) to write and share more uh, because I will want to put, I'm not just going to put a list out there. I'm going to put a little information on why I think you should read it or listen to it. That's my call to anyone who has something to contribute. You know, like I said, let's be, let's be a little specific here and don't just say, you know, hey, watch this or not watch this, but read this or listen to this. Give me some, give me a reason why. Um, include that in there. And um, I will definitely include uh, the folks who told me to listen or read something. So I'm kind of excited about it. And hopefully we'll maybe find some new folks to have on the podcast too. For the record, if anybody says listen to HR Social or listen to them all. True. Yes. Please listen to them. Not just one. Yes. Listen to them all. Yes. To reading, I'm always, you know, obviously, we're always looking for new content mm-hmm. and, and great stuff that's going on. And I, I, I was excited when you first started talking about it, and we definitely wanted to bring it up on the show so that people knew knew you were doing it and definitely reach out to Wendy and share yep. those good things so that we can continue to build the community and the library and all the, all the things around it. For sure, for sure. 
I'm really excited about tonight's guest. And this was an interesting one, Wendy, in that I'm going to call this take two because take one didn't happen. <laughs> Technology is great until it's not. Right. And Mother Nature played tricks on us in the Richmond area this earlier this week. So we had to reschedule. Yep. But I'm so glad that we were able to work schedules out to make this thing happen. I think, Wendy, this is the first, I'm going to call it talent acquisition, really focused show we've had in a while. So I'm excited so. about that. I love learning from people that are that are doing great stuff out there. We've known Rachel for a long time. First time I've ever gotten a chance to talk to her, so I'm looking forward to that too. I'm going to stop gushing. I will let you make the introduction. We will get started. Yes, I am so excited to chat with Rachel tonight. She is a talent acquisition professional and seasoned team leader. Her talent acquisition career spans across agency, corporate, and nonprofit full cycle recruiting and relationship management. She is admittedly obsessed with candidate experience and creating inclusive, diverse pipelines of candidates. She's also recently started the Recruiting Shiro Show blog, where she is sharing her journey of being a job seeker in 2020 with the added experience and commentary of a recruiter and talent acquisition leader. Uh, well, Rachel, so excited to have you here tonight. Our first question, as always, what is in your glass? Well, I am so glad to be here. Thank you, both of you. Um, I wish I had something more exciting to share, but uh, it's water straight out of the out of the Brita. <laughs> so. <laughs> Nothing wrong with water. Better than out of the tap. Yes, I, I like it You're cold. A little more high pollutant. There we go. <laughs> Rachel, we know kind of what you're up to now. Like I said, it seemed like seemed like we've been connected for a long time. How exactly did you get your start in talent acquisition? It's one of those, I, I hear this a lot. It's Definitely wasn't planned. Um, I started out in business development in sales, and it was a it just was a natural transition into talent acquisition. So I I'm very grateful for almost a decade of business development that I had before because it's made me a better recruiter. That's for sure. And did you start out in the agency world? Interestingly enough, I guess my first role was as an inside sales manager for an organization that not only owned an agency, but they owned a software company. So the software as a service. Oh, yeah. um, and I, I sold the labor management software side of it. So I was able to see from the sidelines what agency recruiting looked like. And I thought, wow, wouldn't this be great to sort of round out this experience I have of selling um, staffing and software and things like that and get into uh running a branch. So that, that's, how, that's exactly how I started out. Very cool. You know, and there's a lot of, there's so many similarities between sales and um, talent acquisition. I can think of so many stories and I know we could go down that road quite a ways, the two of us for sure. But as someone who's been in TA for most of your career and I, I'm the same way, I've run into this quite a bit. I'm going to guess you have too. TA is not always viewed as quote, real HR. Why do you think that? And are there things that TA should do to be considered real HR or should we just not worry about it? Yes. I run across this all the time. And admittedly, <laughs> I will say I have, you know, said, hey, I'm not HR. <laughs> I'm talent acquisition. You know, let's get you in front of somebody that can help you with your 401k, you know, or what, whatever it is. I, I think it's one of those things, depending on the size of your organization and what that organization's values are. I like to think of talent acquisition as definitely, I mean, we're part of human resources, but it's specialized. 
talent acquisition is a, and I may be biased, but it's an art, (laughs) you know, just as managing benefits and leaves, I believe is an art, an art that I don't ever want to be part of. I'm so grateful for the people that do that, (laughs) but I'm, I want to, you know, I, I like talent acquisition. But I think that just as uh, not all talent acquisition professionals are HR professionals, not all HR professionals are talent acquisition professionals, if, that's, if that makes sense what I'm saying. I believe that if you're in a smaller organization, sometimes you have to wear many hats. I've been very fortunate to, to work for you know, mid-sized organizations that have allowed me to, to really specialize and hone my talent acquisition career and the careers of others. I think it's a really interesting point you bring up, Rachel. Like you said, I think so much depends on the size of that organization. I worked for a Fortune 200 company where I was leading a team of recruiters, and some of them wanted to be career recruiters. That was their thing. They really, really loved that world. And like you said, it's art, it's science, it's a lot of different things, but it is a lot more focused, I think, than you know maybe a generalist in HR. And I used to tell people, I'm like, you know, I, I think one of the great things is particularly about, and I don't know if you've seen this in, in the roles, particularly as you're recruiting for others, you can learn so much more about the business, particularly early on. If you're recruiting for a company, you learn all the facets in those jobs, hiring those other people. At least that was my experience is that I got to see some and talk to so many managers and learn so much and get a really holistic picture of what was going on that you may not get if you're strictly working in benefits, which is also a great thing doesn't necessarily have that same customer facing, if that makes sense. Absolutely. I, I feel like this is going to sound silly, I'm sure, but you know, I feel like in talent acquisition, we get our butts kicked all day long. Where are my people? <laughs> but we also get to be kind of like the rock stars of HR. You know, we build these relationships with, with our hiring managers and our candidates. There's nothing like walking into a division department wherever and, and looking around and seeing all these people that you were part of bringing into the organization. As, as you said, just the same, we need HR, we need talent acquisition, you know, but we need the, the benefits and the, you know, everything else, employee relations, um, HR is people services, right? So I think what, where HR can go wrong, and I won't go off on a tangent though, is when, when we try to be, when everyone tries to be everything. So it's definitely, I think, beneficial for an organization to have a dedicated team for talent acquisition. When we're thinking about teams in particular, Rachel, and you have that type of focus, you've been in this for some time. What have you seen are some of the biggest challenges for talent acquisition professionals, particularly during a recession? You know, we've had several different events over the last 15, 20 years. What do you see are those big challenges and where do you see us going from here? I think that um, we can guess what the future is. The one thing I know about the future is that I know nothing. (laughs) Um, okay. We can do the best to predict. I would not be comfortable predicting anything past a good 90 days at this point with, uh, all the layers that, that have been added to just, you know, 2020, we've been through many recessions, but 2020 in particular, it's a recession with the added layer of a pandemic. You know, as we begin to further normalize working from home, placing importance more on work-life balance for, for people, and really focusing on diversity, equity, and inclusion, as well as mental health, you know, in the workplace. Well, I think that's where we're headed. I think that if an organization wants to be successful, they're going to have to normalize working from home and putting their people first. 
it's disappointing it's taken this long, but I'm so excited. I'm here for it. I can't wait to to see how this pandemic made us slow down a little bit, how it, it allows us to uh, pick up the pace and really charge forward in HR and talent acquisition as being there for the people and, and supporting of one another. I'm curious, particularly when you're in search. So here you are, you're a seasoned professional. You've done it. You've lived it. You've breathed it. What challenges are you seeing in search? In other words, I, I'm going to try to put this politely as I can. I think you and I can agree that a lot of people are not trained very well anymore. Mm-hmm. Here's the computer's the laptop, here's the ATS, go forth and prosper. And they don't necessarily understand working with candidates. Is that a fair? I don't know if it's unfair and you're listening, you don't agree with me, that's cool. I'm kind of curious what that's like right now, because I know my last job search, I found it extremely challenging to deal with several recruiters, if you want to call them that, that was their title, but they sure really didn't know what they were doing. And I think it was a it wasn't anything wrong with them other than they just weren't trained very well. So being on the other side, you know, being a, a job seeking a recruiter, it's been interesting. I try and give the most, you know, as much empathy to the re- individuals that are out recruiting right now because it's hard. <laughs> this is a this is a tough job market. But I, I have sat and wondered often over the last few months: Has my obsession with candidate experience been only mine? I thought I was so behind the ball on this, you know, with my team and uh, my previous team that I had thinking that, you know, we were constantly pivoting and and trying to be more innovative and putting the candidate first and making sure we're getting back to them within, you know, reasonable amount of time and keeping them updated. And even when we had no information, just checking in, building those relationships. And that's the one thing I've noticed. This isn't the first time in my life I've been a job seeker, but it's the thing that I've noticed uh, in 2020 for sure is that um, the lack of response has been huge. But I will say today was the first time I received an email from a recruiter that said, hey, we put this on hold, but I'd love to connect with you on LinkedIn and maybe set some time aside for a 15 to 20 minute conversation next month just to see if there's any other way that I can help network you into a role here or, you know, within other organizations that I'm familiar with. And I thought, here's somebody I don't even know. (laughs) That's the kind of stuff that goes a hundred miles because when you're, when you're hiring, especially other recruiters, we remember what it's like to be a recruiter. Intel and acquisition. I don't like saying there's bad recruiters or good recruiters or whatnot. I, I think it's, you don't know what you don't know. So that's why I'm so passionate about training and why I prefer that whole, whether you buy a recruiter or build a recruiter, I love building recruiters. I love meeting individuals that are excited to think or think they're excited about talent acquisition and like, let's go for it and see what happens and teaching them how to not only embrace candidate experience, but just really, you know, hone their skills and learn how to provide the best service for their hiring managers. So maybe instead of poor, we'll use ill-equipped. Yeah, I think that's better. Is that fair? I think it's training and, um, you know, sometimes people just, they think they want to do recruiting and they don't. It's not for everyone. It's really not. But that's okay too. It's just those, those individuals need to, let's find them something else to do. Because <laughs> there's a ton of us that would love to be recruiting right now. <laughs> yes. Real recruiting too, and not just butts and seats. Yes. Yes. For sure. Rachel, your Twitter handle, I absolutely adore, Recruiting Shiro. It makes me laugh every time I see it. I absolutely love it. Tell us how you came up with it. What's been the best part of joining Twitter? 
if you're following me on any form of social media, you probably know I have an obsession with Wonder Woman and really just comic books in general. I don't want to date myself too much, but uh, back in the 80s, I remember, you know, watching Linda Carter on TV, then watching reruns. And I remember getting in trouble sneaking into my grandma's pantry and, and taking tinfoil out to make the little wrist armbands and <laughs> make the little, I wanted to be Wonder Woman, you know, gosh, I was just wasting that tinfoil. <laughs> but when I thought about what I was going to do for Twitter handle, I just couldn't really think of anything. And all I could think of was Wonder Woman. So I, I went for it. Someone had gifted me a t-shirt that said, be your own Shiro, like about a month before. And I just thought, wow, that it was so cool. And so me, I didn't even know it was me, but so I sort of adopted the, the Shiro, the recruiting Shiro name. Um, but as far as finding Twitter, I have to, I have to give SourceCon like a huge props for just opening my eyes to this world on Twitter and even on Instagram of um, HR and talent acquisition and sourcing professionals. I had no idea up until like the beginning of 2018, that there was this community of people. And I don't want to gush too much, but just wonderful to connect with the both of you, to be able to connect with others and talk about best practices, but also just being able to talk shop and just talk to people that understand. <laughs> I, I've just really have enjoyed being part of this community for the last couple of years. And I wish I'd been here for longer, but, but I'm here to stay. That's for sure. Recruiter Twitter fascinates me. <laughs> it does. It does. We're a niche of a niche of a niche, right? When we talk about HR in general, truly believe the HR community on Twitter is very strong. It's still fairly niche, but then you get into Recruiter Twitter and it just makes me chuckle. Some of the things I, I, I see, I don't necessarily answer them, but I follow it and it, it just fascinates me. Some of the, the commentary that you all have really, it really <laughs> makes me laugh. It's nice to find other kindred spirits or just uh, other individuals that, that are experiencing what you're experiencing. For the record, you're not dating yourself too much because I was watching Wonder Woman in first run in the seventies. Okay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Same. Yeah. It's all, it's all is good. Well, we are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. Hello, HR social hour community. It is a pleasure to be with you and to take this time to say, welcome to this week. Welcome to this week's episode with Rachel Couples. I uh, hope you're enjoying the conversation. Um, just wanted to take a quick second and thank you to everyone who came out this last week to the HR Social Hour Twitter chat and uh, joined Steve Brown. What an amazing uh, turnout it was. I look forward to being with all of you on August 9th for the Twitter chat that we're going to be leading on holistic leadership. Also, just wanted to encourage all of you to take a quick second Pull out your phone or laptop and visit talentmagnetinstitute.com and subscribe to become a Talent Magnet Insider. We are just going live with our Talent Magnet membership communities and so excited to see so many of you and those in the HR world, those in the functional leadership space, business ownership, entrepreneurialism show up to join our membership communities. Without further ado, I'm going to turn it back over to John and Wendy and Rachel. And we are back. Rachel, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of the show, which is the half hour question connection. Our first question here, other than Wonder Woman, what career did you dream of having when you were a child? 
Oh gosh, so many. Um, I think that's why I became a recruiter because I was just fascinated by careers. But uh, it's a toss-up. Interestingly enough, a lot of the time it was people, but it was a toss-up between being Jackie Kennedy or being a chef. So those are, those are two things. <laughs> I just wanted to be, I was obsessed with the Kennedys when I was a teenager. So, um, but I would say probably a chef. I think it is safe to say we've never had somebody name a person. No, I don't think we have. That's amazing. Like we've never had that. Jackie. I, wow. I don't think we've ever had that before. I looked at her as being so much of a, just an icon and just um, for so many reasons. I, I guess she wasn't because, you know, she, she lived such a public life. I, I don't know that I, I think I looked at her like Wonder Woman or, you know, another superhero. Rachel, who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? This is such a tough one because this year I have gained hundreds of people that everybody should know. I, I truly feel that way. Locally, I would say Virginia McKenzie. She's a senior recruiter at a local agency here. She helped me tackle a large recruiting project of restaffing an entire department. I I couldn't do it without additional help. I think that, you know, as talent acquisition pros, sometimes, you know, when we're doing corporate recruiting, we're failing if we bring in agency help, (laughs) but we're failing if we don't sometimes, you know? Um, So we were able to really tag team and work together in rebuilding a department for the organization I was working at in no time at all. So I would say if you're in the Pacific Northwest, um, Virginia McKenzie, can I share one other person, a non-local Pacific Northwest person? Absolutely. You guys all know her, um, but I would say Laura Mazzullo at Eastside Staffing has been, I just, I can't even say enough about her, just how instrumental she has been in helping me not only navigate this new world of job search, but just 2020 in general. And while we have not met in person, she's not going to, she will meet, we'll meet each other one day. Um, but I consider her a friend and, and someone that uh, we don't just talk about uh, talent acquisition. We could talk about anything. And I, I appreciate her. So if you're not following Eastside staff on Twitter or she's on Instagram, I would definitely do that. Laura is awesome. Very much love her. We're big fans. We're big fans for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Rachel, what piece of advice would you give someone who is new to HR or talent acquisition? So much advice to give. (laughs) It's it's a tough one. I think that the biggest piece of advice that I would give is don't be so hard on yourself. We could talk about candidate experience for all the technical things and everything, but learning the ins and outs of talent acquisition is no easy task. We're trying to learn these technical things, but also each individual that we work with and come across, whether it's a candidate or a hiring manager, everybody's different. I would say, don't, yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. And uh, sometimes you need to go slow to go fast. So take it slow. Rachel, how do you enjoy giving back to the TA community? I would say by, by uh, building, (laughs) building more, more recruiters that are focused, not just on, you know, as you mentioned, filling seats, but on making sure that we're building inclusive pipelines and uh, just just teaching, I guess, talent acquisition, as well as I signed up on LinkedIn. They have that mentor. You can sign up to be a mentor if somebody wants needs a mentor. Um, I signed up for that and I've, I've uh, been mentoring a few individuals that are early in their, their career in talent acquisition across the country. Mentoring is always good. I love it. What is your favorite movie? 
before <laughs> 2017, when Wonder Woman came out, I, 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 I mean, it's Wonder Woman, obviously, but, um, right. but the longest run, you know, I would say the longest running would be, gosh, this is from, I think it's 1996 or maybe 97, but it's called The Long Kiss Goodnight. It's with Gina Davis and Samuel L. Jackson. Mm-hmm. I love that movie. I could watch it all the time. That's a good one. I haven't seen that in forever. How about your favorite musician or band? Gosh, I would, my favorite musician is Otis Redding. My favorite band is Pearl Jam. Love me some Pearl Jam. I don't know. I grew up in Seattle. <laughs> How about a favorite TV show? I think, gosh, uh, I've been watching Grey's Anatomy since it started. Anything Shonda Rhimes, I'm, I know I'll be obsessed with. But yeah, I would say Grey's Anatomy. Uh, I've stuck with it since the beginning. Was it the long kiss goodnight where Gina Davis got into archery? Yes, she does. She am I dreaming that she does. She does, it, she does she, some archery in it. Yes. Yeah, she does. Like she was Olympic level. Cal. I mean, she got really, really good. She's a spy. Yeah, and Samuel L. Jackson's her handler, or or he's a oh he's a PI. Yeah, right? he's, he's a, a PI. PI he's yes. trying to help her. I couldn't remember if that's where she first picked up archery. I'm not or not. sure. I'm not sure where. Yeah, I'm not sure. That is a great movie, Wendy. It was on Netflix for a while. It may still be there. I will have I to. I check. watched it there probably. Probably in the last six months or so I watched it. Oh, I'll nice. definitely have to check. At least it was earlier this year. If you're not watching Long Kiss Goodnight or Wonder Woman, if you're not listening to Otis Redding and Pearl Jam or watching Grey's Anatomy, what else do you like to do outside of work? I love cooking. I love creating in the kitchen and I love eating too. So that works out. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also, yeah, I would say cooking is definitely one of my favorite things to do. And with the stay at home order that we had in Washington and just this pandemic and happening, I, it's allowed me to spend more time cooking at home, which I guess if I'm looking for a bright side of it all, I'm, I'm grateful for that opportunity to be able to spend more time in the kitchen and create new, new things. So Rachel, finally, it is Rachel Couples Day all around the world. What are people doing to celebrate? I would hope that they would be giving their time or educating others or donating time or money to organizations that help, I guess, prevent uh, child abuse or child neglect. And maybe they're all wearing a cape. I don't know <laughs> they're doing it, but um, I think that the, that's something that I'm very passionate about is, you know, children and uh, the prevention of, you know, abuse and neglect. So that's what I would want. I, I wouldn't want it to be about me. I'd want it to be about other people. I like it. Well, Rachel, I'm incredibly thankful for your flexibility and scheduling. I'm incredibly thankful that technology served us well tonight. And that we were able to finally make this happen. Wendy, you're going to find this hard to believe, but I'm glad we're having a talent acquisition conversation. (laughs) It's nice to change it up ever so often. Yes. So much appreciate time. I'm so glad we were finally able to connect like this. Now, I know most of the listeners may be connected with you already, but if they're not, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? Well, at Recruiting Shiro, or my name is Rachel Couples. You can find me uh, under Rachel Couples on LinkedIn. I'm on Twitter, Instagram. I'm everywhere. We will have that in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you? The uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitter as part of our twice-monthly Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, I want to thank Talent Magnet Institute for sponsoring the month of July. So much appreciate their help in this way. And again, look forward. If you haven't checked out that episode with Mike Sipple, 
make sure you go back and listen to that. As for me, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. For the podcast, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Subscribe. That's all we're going to ask. <laughs> International listeners, we want to send you stuff. And we've started saying that we're going to come to you because you're not coming to us quick enough. So we're if you re, if we reach out, let us know how to get in touch mm-hmm. because we figured out it's not too hard to send stuff. Now, we can't guarantee what the Postal Service in your area will do. But we want to get things to you to say thanks. Yes. Again, Rachel, appreciate you being with us tonight. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect. Get back and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 